0: There we go. Oof! I'm sweating. I'm absolutely sweating. Some would think we were we were old men and we <laughs> can't use technology.
1: Look, we're not teaching IT skills round here. All right.
0: That took a good fifteen minutes for us to get live there. Um, so, do you want me to stream on Instagram as well? I've got my phone up.
1: Uh, yeah, you can, because I'm on um, I'm oh. on my phone, with this, mate. Because it doesn't come through my PC at all. That's on-
0: it's on Instagram as well now, so if you go on, you'll be able to uh, request to join.
1: I don't think I can, um, because I've had to use my phone for this again, because it just doesn't come through my computer.
0: Uh, okay, yeah, no problem. Actually, to be fair, people might be able to hear you from this, so I'll leave it streaming anyway. Um, yeah. But, okay. So, uh, welcome to the second week of the Healthy Six uh, Live. <laughs> um, sorry about the delay. You might see loads of videos of our heads right, right up on the screen. Um, and all sorts, so we apologise, um, but yeah, technology's not been our friend this morning, um, okay. so we've learned a lesson, um, we'll just ignore technology for, for the rest of the time. So, um, we've got a few things to go through today, um, to recap the Power Week, um, we're going to talk about some FAQs, I'm going to talk about a few prizes that might be of interest, um, and just generally go through a few bits, so firstly, welcome, um, if you're watching this on record, or on repeat, please let us know if you have any questions on it and stuff like that, the usual spiel. Um, I'll let Travis recap the Power Week, and then we'll get into the FAQs.
1: Yeah, and guys, remember as well, um, for those of you not watching live or just starting to watch whatever, this audio will be clipped and turned into a podcast. You can get it on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon. So it is all available um, because as this journey goes on, you will find that we are encouraging you to do more and more movement. And we understand that sitting and watching a live is not the most mobile. So there are many ways to access this information. Um, And again, for those that will end up listening on the podcast um, and for you guys as well, is as soon as we finish with this live, we're going to be jumping on and um, recording our first webinar around mindset. Um, So that will be recorded like a Zoom um, recording and we'll go through that webinar. Um, And obviously, once that's uploaded, we'll post a link. Into the group, or again, for those of you that will be listening on the podcast, we will just um slide seemingly lists across because um we'll clip that audio so it goes from one to the other um so don't forget there are many ways to access it um very understandable that we can't all sit down for lives at twelve o'clock on a Friday, so we do understand that if you've got any other ways um that you'd like us to be you know giving this this content out or there's ways in your mind that we're not delivering on, then of course um particularly as it's early doors let us know because we will absolutely try and do our best to facilitate that um so yeah just wanted to add that in um if my voice gets particularly whiny apologies man flu is is on the up and uh, the technological battle has, has taken my, <laughs> my health bar i'm telling you <laughs> So i hope we're all good and i hope we're well i hope we've all had a good week um and as carl said we're going to go through the the power week recap um and again we're going to build on the power week recap um in the webinar as well um so obviously once that does go up in uh, probably an hour's time or so then uh, make sure you do look out for that because that's where we're going to deliver some absolute golden nuggets for what the power week means um whether it's high power low power and um and yeah and how that can affect you week in week out but again i don't want to cover too much of that uh to start with but what i wanted to do is i touched base on wednesday um about the power week so we only had a few responses. Um, sort the power week uh, that you first submitted for Monday. So after our first live, we only had a few, um, but actually some really, really good responses that, you know, would um, allow people to start building those patterns and how that works for us. So for example, a lot of people that were talking about, um, you know, the goals that they wanted to achieve this week, they were all very like intertwined. They, they linked. So for some, it was create a routine. For some, it was dropping weight and trying to continue to build muscle. And again, I touched on this on Wednesday, but, creating that routine would allow someone to drop some weight but continue to build muscle um or to go for a walk or run three times this week you know might have helped someone drop some weight so they do link and then someone else has put consistency so consistency would make a difference to all of those so it's key that what we're what i'm trying to highlight here is although we've had only a few responses everyone's had their different things they want to achieve but actually they all go hand in hand. So someone that would create a consistent routine, which would have looked like going for a walk or run three times this week, would allow them to drop some weight and continue to build muscle. So it's just a reminder again, guys, that we might all think that you have different goals, but maybe the things that we need to be actioning on are, are not at all that indifferent um, as well. So that's really key. Now the power week form that we sent out at the start of the week um, wasn't necessarily the best form. Again, some teething problems I built. So I have told my heart's that where it are feedback when you submit this by monday we'll know exactly how you've done right because you will be able to submit how you've done you will be able yep. to confirm what goals you've ticked today and then we can start to show you uh, success and obviously that pride in terms of of what you have achieved so um some really key things there that we need to make sure that we're picking up on um, but in terms of the knowledge that's going to be built around it then obviously we'll go through that on the uh, on the yep. webinar um and then there was also the quiz that we sent out. So I don't know if you, if you want to pop through that, Carl, and, and discuss what we would spoken about on the quiz.
0: Yeah, so just one thing to recap on the Power Week is why we've done it like this is we know people want to lose weight and drop body fat and get results and stuff like that. We know that. We were in this job. We've done this for years. But we also know that the psychological aspect plays the most important part in the journey for anyone. If you want to create adherence, consistency, and all that, you have to look at your mindset and how you view the situation before you start looking at the other elements. Because if you build it on weak foundations, you'll only do this for a couple of weeks and then you'll revert back to your old ways. So Travis and I have thought about this process for a long period of time. We've been writing this structure out. So try and follow it, try and get engaged with it because you will get the benefits from it. Right. Um, So with regards to the quiz recap, we are going to be um, extending it for a week because we want more people to get involved. Now, the quiz recap is giving us It's not – you're not going to fail this. We aren't looking at the results. We're just looking at the common themes that are uh, popping up. Where, where are we lacking knowledge? And where do we have actually strengths? Where is the knowledge excelling? How can we, as coaches – help you with that and and bring that into your adherence and consistency and get you better results through having that knowledge. So it's not a pass or fail, it's just seeing where you're at. So please give it a go Um, and also you can use it as another metric to see if you're learning, right? This is what it's all about. We do something, what's the data, trial something, do a test, do a retest. Have you improved? Have you not improved? Then you're learning. That's how this process works. So once again, there is a 50 pound voucher of your choice for, for simply doing this quiz. So you've, it's a win-win situation. You could potentially win 50 quid. So just fill out the form, see how you get on. That's as simple as it can be. Um, and remember, we're doing this for you guys. This is to help grow this community. This is all for free, by the way, Like, let's mention that. And we want as much participation as possible to make this as good as possible. So that's just a quick recap on the quiz, uh, nice and simple. Over to you, Travis. What should we go into the FAQs next? so Jump onto the FAQs, then, guys. And remember, the
1: FAQs are, you know, most of the time they're g- they're going to be built around the quiz stuff. We're really trying to ascertain what what do you know, what don't you know, where can we help? As Carl's mentioned, so just that actually do use these these quizzes and these power weeks because actually. That's where we provide the education. So if you're not doing that, then maybe you're missing out on some knowledge that you could need or could even want, but are maybe too worried to reach out into the group. So be mindful of that.
0: Yeah, no no such thing as a silly question as well. There's yeah. no such
1: thing as a silly question. 100%. And de- and just get, you know, because again, all this information and our conversations we have with clients time, you know, if them, if they mention it on Google and stuff like that, like, you know, the, the information is there, but sometimes it's difficult to find or to, or to break down into a way that you understand make sure you're using people that can explain it for you. Um, so into the FAQ, FAQ sorry. Um, and the first one that we had, which, and probably one that we've had the most times in our career, and it usually comes down to weight loss. And the question would be, which is better um, weights or cardio. Now, I suppose this is always a good question to answer because it depends on the background that you're coming from. So if you're a runner that's never lifted weights and you want to get back to running, then, you know, perhaps cardio might be more in support of your goals. But actually, if we're looking at long-term sustainable fat loss, then we would say that both of them used in the right measure would be, would be the way. Now the way that I coach people is we start with the most basics and we get people, we encourage people to use weights. Um, Remember for more pound of muscle that we have in our body, the more calories we're going to burn at rest. So the kind of more bang for your butt, the more muscle that we have, the more calories we can burn just by sitting on the bed, which is a really good way because it means that over a long period of time, the more muscle we build, then actually the easier the diet is because our body's going to be more effective. If we were looking for quick weight loss for whatever reason, now we're not always suggesting that's the right thing, but there is also always a time and a place for when someone wants to lose weight in the next six or eight weeks then can we add a tool to our belt and use cardio to support that? Then absolutely we can, yeah. So we can increase our caloric output by introducing cardio. Is it sustainable to do an hour's worth of cardio every single day? Probably not. It eats into our life too much. Is it sustainable to do an hour's worth of weight training four times a week, so four hours in a week? Then, yeah, probably it is. So it's very much what suits you more. And Carl and might approach it slightly differently. But if you was going to be signing up on my coaching, then we would start with weight training and then we would slowly incorporate cardio as of when we needed
0: depending on the results we were achieving. 100%. 100%. To be fair, most people any age should be doing some form of weight training um, and then adding in the cardio to facilitate overall health, efficiency of the body and also um, increase the, the uh, protection of the heart and make sure that's nice and efficient. So they both play their part. They're, they're a tool in our toolbox. Um, Travis and I have, have come from the same education background, so the way we program things, um, and we will always try and get someone strong, and then add in our cardio to facilitate that as well, um, to make it even better. Um, so remember, when you're weight training, you're weight training for building muscle tissue, getting stronger, um, and overall just making yourself strong uh, and performing better, and then the cardio aspect is obviously gonna bring about um, expending energy, but you're doing it for more cardiovascular health um, fitness as well, making sure the body is efficient um, because that's one, I've, I've got a master's degree in strength and conditioning. And one thing I looked at, my specialization was the heart. Um, and one thing people don't do is actually protect the most important muscle in their body, which is their heart, which is where the cardio aspect comes in. But that can also be done through walking and things like that. But then when we get into the specifics, we'll have to look at intensities and intervals, but we'll talk about that sort of stuff on the training aspect of this this um, uh, training week, which is a few weeks away, so I won't get into the the nitty gritty of that. But generally, it's it's con- there's a lot of context that goes behind it, so it's very dependent on you as a person. So very convoluted answer, isn't it, that one? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. if I if I train seven days a week, sorry, Charles, what you say?
1: But just simple one for that is just to it. That's a very broad and generic question, which is why you've not got a definitive answer. Yeah, but. Uh, it, it does depend on you and if some people might come the other way where we start them on cardio because they've never exactly. trained in gym so we start where they're comfortable and we push their comfort zone by introducing one so which is better for weight loss weights or cardio would be like saying which is better driving a diesel or a petrol or an electric that one depends directly on you but that's how coaching comes in yeah it,
0: and, and also you, it depends who you would ask as well because if you're asking uh a green party person they're obviously going to go for the electric car. you're asking a petrol head a diesel head they're going to go for the car, so it's very contextualized like you said. So if I was to train seven days a week, is that good? <laughs> this is an interesting one isn't it so sometimes we we see it quite a lot, don't we? We see the both ends of the spectrum. people don't do enough, and then people go way overboard um now. You can you can do too much, especially when it comes to. So the purpose of weight training is muscle growth and strength. The purpose of cardio is obviously to facilitate um, fitness training, cardiovascular health, stuff like that. You can overstimulate both sides of the body um, and and go way over the top, especially if you're dieting, like when you're going to. Obviously, Travis is on a photo shoot. I've done similar, but just not, not a proper photo shoot yet. Um, Something that's on the card, so Travis, I, did, I promise you that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> gotcha. When you get to the tail end of it, you, you're you dieting quite considerably. You're doing lots of movement, and also you're training <laughs> fairly intensely. It's it's a grueling process. It's not sustainable long-term to be training loads and dieting loads. So it, this is also a question. It depends on the goal as well. As you'll hear with most of, most of our answers, we do individual coaching. It's a one-to-one service. So we have to take your background and we match the process and the, the um, coaching service to you as an individual. There are guidelines we use, but it's not a straightforward answer. There'd have to be context behind this because if you would ask a footballer um, or an elite athlete, is it okay to train seven days a week? They're probably gonna have five, six days where they're training and one rest day, but they're also, their nutrition gonna be on point. They'll have ice baths, recovery and stuff like that in place. Um, they'll be having massages regularly but for general population you don't need to be training seven days a week if you're training hard enough in your sessions
1: yeah and i think again to add some some visuals to that question like kyle's absolutely right again it's person dependent but and we'll cover this again in a different uh sort of criteria if you like of the healthy six but it's quite a simple process in terms of stress management so yeah we, last week stress plus rest equals growth training is stress and if our glass is going to overfill because we're adding too much stress then there's only a, a certain period of time before that glass overflows and you have to deal with the mess whether that's an injury whether that's a mindset issue whether that's not wanting to go back if you're training too much and you're not recovering from it you are a ticking time bomb and that's the same for professional athletes it doesn't matter who 100%. you are yeah, yeah you can only train as hard as you can recover and if you're not recovering then you can't be training that hard and you'll uh, inevitably see a come down of training intensity you'll see a come down of results you'll start to feel little needles in your shoulder or tightness in your hips and then you'll have two three weeks off and you'll come back and you've and you've lost those two three weeks so if you train seven days a week is that good well are you recovering eight days a week probably not so you should only be training as hard as you can recover or rest if you want stress plus rest for growth whether that's in fitness for cardio, whether that's building muscle, whatever that is. So about that glass, if you overfill it, there's going to be some spillage.
0: 100%. And I I think the the important thing with that is everyone's individual. So like Travis and I will be able to take different volumes of training. Everyone, like everyone is so individual. So you've got to listen to your body, listen to the metrics and the data. If you're going into the gym and you're tracking your weights and one week you're really struggling to lift and perform well, are you overdoing it? Are you recovering enough? Like look at that data and take it all in because the body will be telling you things as, as you're going into the gym and stuff like that. So um, it's just something to be aware of. Um, but yeah, as Travis said, we're not advocates of absolutely going to the gym every day and slamming yourself. It's got to be controlled and measurable.
1: Yeah, definitely. and And it sort of ties into what happens if I can't do steps. And I think this is a really interesting question, actually. And I think me and Carl probably have very similar but different views. What happens if I can't do steps? So, if my client tells me I can't do steps, then all I'm going to do is set them a target that you can do. And then we're just going to slowly tweak that target. So, there's no giving you a 10,000 step goal if you can't do 5,000 at the moment. I'm going to do 4,000, we're going to build momentum. Then we're going to go four and a half, five, five and a half. So, what happens if you can't do steps? Then we'll set you targets you you can achieve. We can accommodate your training. We'll accommodate your nutrition. We'll accommodate your sleep, your stress management for that. If you say to me, you can't achieve your steps one day in a week because you've got a meeting in London. I don't care. Just make sure you do something. Go and do your training. Make sure you go and tick a box the next day. Can you add an element of cardio to catch up if you want to? If you can't do your steps because you're traveling one day, then you can't do your steps because you're traveling one day. Like what? that's fine as long as we know as long as it's not laziness for me then I, I i don't care like that's not a problem like go again tomorrow get your steps do a few more
0: exactly that that never miss twice thing comes into play that that from the atomic habits where if you don't hit your steps today that's fine just go and smash tomorrow and do a bit extra and also um in terms of movement it's you're never going to be able to do the same thing all the time. And it's that you, like you were saying, it's that progression. Now this will link into the all or nothing mindset, Travis, to be fair. We find that people go from, they'll be doing 2000 a day. And all of a sudden they want to do 10,000 a day because that's like the norm. Um, yeah. And it's like, of course you're going to fail. That's a massive, like to do that much in a day straight away and to do that consistently over three, four weeks, as well as change nutrition, it's going to be too much. So, Travis is right. Build it up slowly. Find a number that's going to push you slightly, but that's achievable and consistent. Because when you get when you tick it off, you've got the momentum going. You're feeling good. Yeah, I'm hitting the target. Cool. Right, what's the next target? Um, so, yeah, if you don't do the steps, like one day is not going to kill you. Yeah. It's over a week. So just get smashing it for the rest of the week.
1: Yeah, definitely. Go on then. So if I feel tired or sustain an injury, Kyle, how do I stay on track? Never
0: train again. <laughs> no, and um, so this comes uh, with context as well. Tiredness, so dieting, negative energy deficit, all that jazz, brings about tiredness. Unfortunately, because the body does not want to be in a deficit, so tiredness is always going to be expected within. 12nd someone's trying to me. And um, tiredness is always going to be expected within um, a dieting phase but it needs to be controlled. So I um, personally, on my coaching, I track libido, um, I track energy levels, fatigue, brain fog, stuff like that, because these are massive signs mm. if someone is overdoing the deficit or not. So if someone's just generally tired and we know it's just from being in a deficit, then we might ease up on, on movement and training. Um, or if they can manage it, we might keep them going. It, it is dependent on the person. But we don't want them to a point where they're falling asleep at work, falling asleep at the wheel, and stuff like that. That is obviously low fatigue. So hormone levels might be dropping. We might need to pull them out of a deficit and reverse diet. If you're injured, you can train around some injuries. Um, but like I was saying again, if you're in a deficit, you're not going to be in the optimal place for recovery. So injuries being in a deficit aren't the best place to be so you might want to realign your goals so that you can progress a bit further on um but you can work around these things like travel these questions will, will say similar answers will give you context and then we'll say look it does depend on the person because it really does like these questions are very vague um so yeah that that's my two pence on, on the situation yeah and I- and the only thing I would add to it is about momentum,
1: which you obviously mentioned in a step. If you have an injury or you feel tired, uh, maybe you're meant to go and hit a heavy leg day and you still play sport and you've got, I don't know, a slight ankle knock. Well, no one said you can't do leg day. We're saying that maybe you shouldn't be spotting. You know, can you go and do non-weight-bearing exercises? So, if you, again, if you've got an ankle in, can you go and do leg extension, leg curl, abductor, adductor, you know, glute brief. If there's no force through it, say like you can still train. It's about accommodating. If you need to create that mindset and momentum, it could be that you've hurt your right wrist. So you go to the gym and do some cardio. So you shut up the gym. So tiredness, again, same thing if you're meant to be going out and it's meant to be a, uh, a PB session or it's meant to be high energy, high intensity, high volume, but you're feeling a little bit tired. To the point where that may not be a positive to go to the gym to and can you go and do something else can you go and do a deload session it's a really it's a really interesting uh sort of not conversation but can we do those things? yeah sure of course we can but like literally just keeping that momentum up at all time is um is always going to help but making sure that it's not coming at a derogatory to the rest of where you find yourself um so a really good point there. And, and probably, again, we're talking about momentum. Sort of that leads us into maybe how do I stop myself snacking on unhealthy treats when I get cravings? And that's uh, momentum will always play a part in that. Because if we're, if we're really good on our nutrition and, again, we're hitting targets and we feel great, then that in itself will probably snack, stop you from snacking on unhealthy treats because that way you feel is positive. You feel in control. But then you have to ask yourself, you know, actually, what what is craving? Like, so are we craving physically? Do we have hunger cues? Do we have um, – is it a mindset where we just fancy something like um, chocolate? So there's many ways you can look at it, but it comes back down to a habit loop as well, doesn't it? So that's the solid question in terms of how can I stop myself snacking – when I've got cravings, well, let's, first of all, what, what are we craving? Are we craving something? Do we have hunger cues? So it's not actually a craving. Are we craving a certain type of food? If it's not a certain type of food, then we're probably hungry. If we're craving an ice cream, then potentially we are just thinking about that ice cream. Now, then how do we stop that? Well, my first question to that would be, do we need to stop that? Are you within your calories? Yes or no? Yes. Can you have an ice cream? Yes. Have you hit your protein goal? Yes. Can you have an ice cream? Yes. If you're going to go over your calories, then it's about talking into linking your, uh, your position into your values. You know, if you have this ice cream and you go over your calories, how does that then have a knock on effect? Are you going to stay within your weekly target? No, then you probably shouldn't. Yes. Then could you, is that going to have a knock on effect to your next day where you're going to have pull back calories or do more output? Do we want to be chasing that? Probably not. But, Also, we don't want to hide behind our cravings for so long that we end up binging. So it's about managing that. So I don't know how Kyle coaches, but if my clients are within their calories and they hit their protein goal and they've got a craving for ice cream, then I'm going to tell them to have the ice cream or whatever it is. But the first thing I would be getting them to ask themselves is are they hungry or are they fanciful of a certain
0: type of food? Dan, that's... Yeah, hedonic hunger is very common, especially in our westernized society. Um... Food marketing, I I love behavioral science. So food marketing is massive um, on our hunger cues, um, which obviously in a dopamine driven world, um, a lot of the foods we actually want, we don't actually want them, it's more sensational. It's because we are anticipating the nice thoughts it's gonna give us. Like, I give people an example of this all the time. When you have a takeaway, you never actually feel great after. But the thought of the takeaway makes you feel really happy and you really want it. But after the takeaway, you're like, I shouldn't have eaten that much. Now, this is where dopamine driven responses come from. Um, and then, if we can, we can then link it into rational and emotional behavior. So, rational behavior being if I have this takeaway, it's not going to help me long term on my goal if I'm under my calories or over my calories, etc. The emotional side of the brain would go, Actually, I've had a really stressful day. I want that takeaway to pick me up and give me a little bit of a lift so we go and order it anyway right and it's uh, there's a, a book called the chimp paradox which this comes from um it's about how we are very especially in our society in our world is just how we're driven it's human nature we are motive driven driven right we've all had road rage we've all had times where you've said things that you don't want to say and it was just that response that chimp response where our brain goes we know we shouldn't be doing this, but we've done it anyway, because that emotive side come out. Now, one thing I try and get people to do if they're constantly turning, like getting cravings and stuff like that, start understanding the awareness around it. So firstly, what is the cue before that craving? Are you stressed? Are you at work? What, like, What is going on around you? What has gone on around you as well? Is it your time of the month being female? There's, there's so many factors to then look at. Cravings is quite a broad subject. Um, But yeah, most people then just go, ah, I just wanted that food. But it's like, okay, why did you want it? Look, if you want to really understand your cravings, look at why. Understand why. Behaviour change comes from awareness, right? So collect the information, look at it, go, right, that makes sense. That doesn't make sense. Let's look into it. So that's just a bit of a different spin on cravings.
1: Okay, so two things on that. So first of all, well, a really key point about sort of the paradox and stuff. It's a book that I've read it as well. And, but... In sort of more layman's terms, we also have to think resolutions to problems. So when, so Carl said, and he hit the nail on the head. And I, I remember a prime, a prime Trav getting into lifting. Domino's was order of the week every week, and I'd always go rubbish after it, right? But the resolution was ordering Domino's. Mm-hmm. So question yet, but the answer was takeaway. It was pizza. The question was, can I be bothered to cook on Friday night? So by ordering a takeaway, it's not because I want pizza. The actual problem is because I didn't want to cook. So the answer, the resolution, so, and, and this is really key to remember when we talk about, um, I hear the word all the time, and it makes me like cringe and turn inside out, of self-sabotage. No one on this planet self-sabotages. We pick resolutions to problems, and sometimes we make some poorer choices. Exactly. So, is, if you've got the answer, which is craving for ice cream or craving for snacks or not going to the gym, your job now is to find the question. Why do you feel like that? So that's the layman's term. So you've got your answer, you've got your auto response. What's the issue and how do you now act? And like Carl said, when you build that data, when you, you start to understand it, that's when you can make the change. But until you do, you'll carry on ordering dominoes. You'll carry on feeling rubbish after a takeaway. That's facts.
0: And you hit the nail on the head there is... People don't want to collect the data. They just want the initial, they want to not have that sensation of cravings. We all get it. travel and I get it. Every coach in the world, everyone gets cravings. That's just the world. It's how you deal with it. And it's the strategy you put in place around it. Now we are aware because we understand this of those responses. So we know how to overcome them if we want to. And then, then again, it comes down to that choice of do you want to or not? Yeah. And it's as simple as that. So, Good,
1: good. Yeah, I like that choice. Just very, and so the second thing on that, and this is very quick, we're talking about how do we raise that awareness or, or that we need to raise awareness. It's very simple. The next time you order a takeaway, after you've ordered it, just go to your notes on your phone and, and write down how you feel and then write down how you feel after you've eaten it. And then what you can do once you know how you feel at the time ordering your takeaway and how you feel after, you can start to build a pattern of not feeling better. And then you can start to link that into your day. So you've got patterns. I Friday, Friday, whatever it is today, the 25th of July, whatever it is, I felt I had a rubbish day at work. I was extra stressed. I feel miserable. I ordered a takeaway. I ate my takeaway. I still feel shit. Next Friday, first uh, 29th of July. Yeah. Wow, same thing. Build your patterns. That's your data. We don't mean check your weight, your blood pressure, your blood sugar, how many people you've spoken to today. It's very simple. How do you feel at the time of doing it? What's happened in your day? Write it down again next time. Build your patterns from there. It's quite simple. Yeah.
0: And then can you make a, make a better choice? Yeah. yeah. It's as simple as that. Can you make a fake away? Take away? Like, doesn't that's have to good. be complicated. That is yeah. brilliant. I like the choice. So, next one. What are good sources of protein? protein. Chicken. Chicken. Chicken and eggs.
1: Chicken yeah. and, eggs and eggs. That's, that's basically it. That's all, that's all we've got in this world. No. Yeah. Guys, there's, there's so many protein sources. And, but also, remember, there's also trace macros as well so if we have protein does it come with fat when we have fats does it come with protein we know that protein and fats have a close relationship carbohydrates kind of stand out a little bit unless they're manufactured um so they generally won't carry either of those things as much um but in terms of you know what are good sources of protein it's quite simple eggs eggs whites fish white or or oily so it could be salmon it could be cod Shellfish, chicken, duck, turkey, so lots of poultry, so your white meats, red meats, beef, bison, pork, game, you know, any of those other sort of meats, yogurts. If for any of our vegan friends, you've got temper, tofu, edamame, cottage cheese, insects, if you like, they're definitely not for our vegan friends. <laughs> if you fancy going to Australia for a bush, tucker try, you can get practicing. And then, yes. let be, you know, to things like bacon or sausage, you know, they've all got source of protein, but remember, we still have to hit a, a total a total volume. So what we don't want is we don't want to be, you know, slamming down fatty meat jerky or bacon without any awareness that actually that is going to bring some fats with it as well.
0: Yeah, and I think in our day and age now, it's so easy to hit your protein target. Like I was thinking this the other day, I was in Lidl's buying every single protein yogurt out there. And
1: cause... you're absolutely the reason why I don't have any protein.
0: <laughs> but it's so easy now to hit your protein target. And obviously... With that being said, marketers, food marketing, I'll bang on about this all the time, they know that you want protein. They know that we're telling you to get more protein in your diet. They will tell you things are high protein when they typically aren't. So right. do also do your your um, due diligence and look at the back of a packet. I typically go off 100 calories, 10 grams of protein is a average amount. Um, anything more than that is super good. So that's the sort of range I get people to look for. Um, because you're always gonna hit a good target with them. But yeah, you can make it nice. Protein, like if, if you struggle having a chicken breast, walk around your office at work, that's fine. There's protein shakes you can have. Protein shakes aren't bad, um, they aid the process. They're really easy to have, you can take them anywhere. People on the road, have a protein shake in your van, stop you going to the petrol station, grabbing a chocolate bar, that's gonna fill you up a lot more. Um, so yeah, there's, there's plenty of sources of protein. The most important thing is having awareness that you're having protein, is it making you feel fuller and are you tracking it on a total daily amount? Um, so that that's my general.
1: Yeah. And add as well, sort of in terms of the due diligence, you just make sure you're checking price as well. So again, I'm going to use a prime example is like, and, and it's the same thing. It's the same theory. It's like Weetabix, right? So you get Weetabix and you get Weetabix protein. Protein doesn't mean it has to be over a certain amount. It just means it has to be a percentage increase. Um, so like normal Weetabix, I can't remember exactly, but I'm sure it's something like nine grams of protein in a normal serving of Weetabix and 12 grams of protein in in normal a uh, high protein one. So it's like 33% increase means that it then warrants high protein. But over your day, three grams of protein is minimal. So, But they will still charge you nearly a pound more per packet. So just be mindful of that as well. Like, So not only should you be checking the packets to make sure the protein is high enough, but also making sure that you know you're not being mugged off um, on price, because like you said, that market, so just be aware of that as well. Um, and then the last one, really, and it probably ties in quite nicely, is um, how much should I focus on the scales? Which is again a horrifically broad question.
0: So I was doing a post, but I get really annoyed by this. Um, so scale weight, especially in our dieting society, coming from um, the, the, the comments we get from people, everything's always been scale driven. Now, the thing is with scale weight it's understanding it is a metric. Now, from a science background, you want to standardize that metric as much as possible. And what I mean by this is two things commonly people do, or three things people make mistakes with scale weight. One is they don't do it naked. So they, they wear different clothing, they have things in their pockets and stuff like that. Number two is the flooring they do it on isn't the same. They move it around, which will have an impact if you're on an unstable surface. So if you want to make it more stable, put a piece of wood underneath it. And number three being they weigh at different times of the day, right? Scale weight is just telling you the relationship between you and the floor. That is it, right? It's not telling you how good you look. Lean, strong, anything like that. So understand that we, with our clients, track body weight. Because as coaches, we know what we're looking for, right? We aren't, uh, we aren't rational in our response, irrational, sorry, in our response to scale weight. So if a client's scale weight isn't coming down, we don't just all of a sudden bring their calories down and push their movement really high. We look at other metrics. Are their measurements down? Are they looking better, feeling better, performing better? Because if they are, if your, if your waist circumference has come down but your body weight hasn't moved and your photo's looking better, you come to us to look better and move better, right? No one's ever come to me and lost, let's say, 10 kilos. If if you lose, let's say you lose three kilos, but I made you look super good and made you look better, so confident in your clothes, you're going to thank us for it, right? That that shows you that scale weight isn't the sole factor you should focus on. It's just a part of the process, and that's that's my pence on it. It's it's uh, something to understand, but not to get directly re- um, responsive to
1: but also to add on that we also very much understand that lots of the people in this group today have come from backgrounds of slimming world weight watchers the cambridge diet the one to one plan where actually you're 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 there to stand up in front of everyone and stand on the scales and you gain a pound and they they say oh margaret i'm so sorry like hang on like we understand that and we now know that there is an emotional trigger for you and what we're trying to do is educate you into a place of this is data if you check your bank account and cry and then go out and spend another £1,000, that is a poor choice and would be frowned upon and everyone would agree with that. Unfortunately, when it's the nutrition, it's still a little bit taboo. Using your scale weight, yes, we understand is not the be-all and end-all, but it's also very good data. So if your weight's coming down and you want to continue progressing and weight loss is your goal or fat loss is your goal, then that means that me and Carl may have to adjust your calories. But if we don't know that data... We're playing guesswork. It's like trying to make it to Scotland from London without a sat-nav if you've never done it before. So we understand it has an emotional response. Yeah. The, the reason we do it so regularly, we're going to talk about this in the upcoming webinar, is because we allow you to draw a picture. So I know that if my weight's gone up, which it did, for example, my weight at the start of the week, my weight dropped half a kilo. Last night it went up 0.7 kilo. I actually understand that and have not freaked out because I know that I'm unwell. So my body is doing all it can to help me recover. So it's holding on to all the weight, but because, I only know that now because I've done it for so long. And I understand that the data that I track daily allows me to look back at my days of what I've done. So I know that if I go out and do 20,000 steps today and I don't eat, I know my weight will come down tomorrow because I've built that knowledge and education. That's what we'll do with you. So should you focus on the scales, not as a response, uh, representative of your health or how you feel or your well being or your outlook on life. Should you be using the scales to provide data? Yes, yeah, you should. The same as we would do measurements or photos, but when we start looking at things like data, like we would with finance or like we would with miles in our car, that helps us build a picture. It doesn't, it, we're trying to get you to a point where it doesn't have that emotional reaction. Unfortunately, for many, that is path of the course because of the paths that you followed when it comes to diets and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, agree. Yeah, so I, yeah, like what I was saying on that topic, I wasn't saying that scare weight won't come down because generally it will across a trend. Um but sometimes as like Travis and I say, we understand the process so we look into it with a bit more um detail before we make um choices for for a client. So um so yeah it's just about understanding like Travis hit the nail on the head there we it's about and this is education it's learning right you you have to learn through the process and that is what we're trying to do is give you the tools so that you never really have to not do something like this again but you understand this sort of stuff and you might need a bit of accountability from a coach that's cool but you understand the process and you don't let it affect you going forward so that's our Q&A done um just a reminder there's Prizes to be up for grabs for engagement. So one being £50 voucher for filling out the quiz, that's going to be due next week. So get it done. Um, literally do the quiz and we'll put your name in the hat. You might win 50 quid. Like there's a win-win. Um, and what I'm going to be doing, or we're both going to be doing, is we're going to be doing engagement prizes, right? So each week we're going to pick someone who's engaged the most, who's given us the details, filled in the forms, posted on the posts we put up, because they're the people that are going to get results, right? And there's, there's normally a correlation between those that engage and those that do well, right? Don't sit back. Like, everyone here, no one's judging you. Everyone here is trying to push themselves forward. We've all got questions. Us as coaches, we're constantly trying to um, push ourselves forward, like in coaching, uh, mentorships, and stuff like that. We're always trying to excel and push ourselves out of the comfort zone, which is what we'll discuss in our mindset lecture in a minute. But, yeah, so once again, there are prizes up for grabs.
1: Um, and next week, guys, we are going to be coming in um, with probably what a few of you have been waiting for. And we understand that it's probably one of the mo- more durable topics. Um, and we're just going to be touching base on kind of the basics of weight loss and fat loss touch points. You've probably heard most of them before, but we're going to try and put them in an order that makes it understandable, a little bit process driven. Um, and I think this is where we're going to give you guys the opportunity to register for your free custom nutrition guide as well. Um, so that you can start to work toward the nutrition, um, and then hopefully the movement points that you may need um, to, you know, just start hitting that weight loss and fat loss. So that's what we're going to be looking at next week.
0: And then lastly, after this, we're going to be recording a quick webinar on mindset. Uh, if you want to have a look at it, we we like like we said, this is learning. Get involved, make notes, apply it, right? Action and implement the the things we say we talk about.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So that will be coming into the Facebook group um, probably within the next hour. And then, guys, once that's done, um, what we'll be doing is we'll be joining the Facebook Live along to the uh, Mindset webinar, um, and that will be put our podcast which should be available for you uh sort of by the end of today by the end of tomorrow at the absolute latest so if you are listening to this on the podcast then um this isn't goodbye stick with us and if you are listening to us on the facebook live then wait yourself a little bit of time come back to the group and find that webinar for as well
0: thank you very much guys and we'll
1: Okay. okay guys welcome um some of you have come over from the live obviously if you are on the um podcast then you've heard us talking about our faqs and stuff and on all those good things but this is actually our first webinar now our first webinar is based on mindset so why do we start on mindset now i can uh, cover this quite simply because it all starts with our mind it all starts with our choice it all starts with the the belief we can achieve something or the fact that we are going to make these actions the same as digestion works it starts with our brain awaiting the food that we're going to eat so it all starts with how and why we're taking these actions and that occurs in the mind so that's why we started with that so what we're going to cover today is quite simple we're going to talk about what is growth versus fixed mindset and how that will affect your journey and how that may affect you day to day week to week and even month to month and then why the all or nothing mentality really is nothing And why that would be a derogatory mindset and mentality to have in a fat loss journey or a muscle building journey, improving fitness. Um, But just kind of, we're going to touch base on what all or nothing mentality is, why that might not be a good thing for you. Riding the scale roller coaster and why it's not as fun as a normal one. And again, how that will affect your ongoing journey. And then how a powerful mind can lead to a powerful body. And then learning to get you to understand you. And then we're just going to retouch on the power week and we're going to try and get everyone involved and we're going to look for engagement. So that's what we're looking to cover today. These are not going to be too long. We're not going to waffle too much. We're not going to try and out you. But we are going to look to get you in a position of understanding actually why looking after your mind will lead to the best results possible. So we're going to get started on fixed and growth mindset now. Obviously, again, some of you will be watching this and therefore can see the images ahead of us. And some of you will be listening to this. And I think there'll probably be more of you that are listening to this um, than watching. So, Kyle, if you want to go through just a few of the examples of what a fixed mindset might be, and then I'll do the same for growth.
0: So a fixed mindset person uh, avoids challenges. Um, They focus on proving um, themselves. They give up quite easily um they, un- they don't understand failure as much and they limit the ability for this um, and they're unable to take criticism or feedback which i think for for most people is a, is a big point there um so that's that's the fixed mindset sort of things you'd associate with and then a growth mindset is the complete
1: opposite so rather than avoiding a challenge are we going to view them as open sorry view them as an opportunity are we going to acknowledge and embrace our weaknesses to encourage us to be more and do more and are we going to learn to give and receive constructive criticism in order to take action on those? So they're very, very opposite in terms of the examples that we use. They're very black and white. But how could a fixed mindset hinder someone in their journey? And I think the key thing that stands out is a lot of you here will be in, the, in this uh, group or listening to the podcast or watching these lives because we want to lose weight. And that's kind of we take that assumption based on the fact that they are our target market for Carl and I. They are the people that we usually coach. But of course, we'll have people that want to get fit for sport, that want to maybe get better at Olympic lifting, that want to get stronger, build some muscle. So how can a fixed mindset, based on those examples, affect someone on that journey? Well, I think it stands out quite simply that someone that maybe is going to avoid a challenge because they've got a fixed mindset, you know, when weight loss gets hard, they're going to give up. When they're learning a new technique for Olympic lifting, they're going to give up. If they're going to get criticism from a coach or even feedback, but they can't handle it, then that's going to be a negative impact on their mindset and their mood. And again, potentially means that as one of the things that a fixed mindset in person would have, they're probably going to give up. So trying to change our mindset into a growth mindset is, is pivotable to or pivotal to a a really successful journey. So understanding that when we get constructive criticism, that is actually constructive, as it said is actually to give us the benefit of the doubt is to let us know what we're doing not so well, and how we move forward if we're not hitting certain targets what actions can we take to make sure we hit them they're all very very key to actually progress so another one that we see a lot of the time is people are focused on the result like they just want the result they just want weight loss but actually someone with a growth mindset might adopt and embrace the process so knowing that they have to be in a calorie deficit knowing that they have to train do the cardio hit their steps if you can embrace that process instead of the end result then you'll see success in every day and not not the ones where we're a little bit down so therefore we're a complete failure um i don't know if maybe we've got some examples i know one of my clients previously had um and i'll see if carl's got any as well but i know one of my clients previously achieved fantastic weight loss for a really tough time in her life like fantastic weight loss and she got into the gym and she and she was really focused on the process you know she She was hitting the gym five times a week. She was hitting cardio for an hour and a half a week. Within those times, she was hitting her calories. She was making sure her protein was on point and she was really looking after her mindset. And like I said, at the start, this went through a really difficult time where that process was so key to her to feeling good that when that tough time came to an end and things were expected to go back to normal, that all of a sudden the process wasn't enjoyable and she just wanted that end result. And I can assure you from here, she didn't progress she regressed she went backwards because things weren't quick for it she thought the tough time was over she knows the process it should be easy and it absolutely wasn't so i don't know i don't know if you've got any examples that maybe it's more clear where people went from growth to fix or fix to growth where maybe they had a tough time and you had some challenges with coaching a certain client and then they went on to win i don't know if you've got any of those at all
0: Yeah, so a a typical thing I see is obviously with a fixed mindset person, they'll come on to a fat loss phase, they'll lose weight for the first two weeks, um, and then they'll hit the sticky point, which I always call the gray area, where between week two and eight to 10 for most people, you're not going to see the result as much and you just have to get in the trenches and, and focus on the process. Now the people that do well, They're the ones that get that growth mindset. They focus on dialing in on the process and they forget about the end result because they know it's going to come if they tick the boxes, right? Those that are rational to the scale weight and things like that, when like, for example, if a couple of days have been in a deficit and they've not not lost weight, they stop. They're like, Oh, might as well give up. And it's not about that. It's like, right. Why isn't it going down? What am I doing wrong? Am I tracking enough? Am I doing well enough at the basics? Because sometimes people don't like that truth. And as coaches, we have to have tough conversations, don't we, Travis? And just, like, it's hard when someone comes in, they want to lose weight, and you say to them, unfortunately, you're not tracking everything. It's a tough conversation to have because you're just saying they're not doing something that well. And as coaches, we have to guide them through that. So it's understanding. When we deliver feedback, it's not, we're not saying you're rubbish. We're saying, how can we improve it? This is what we're going to do to improve it. Yeah. And it's a journey of growth. That's where that growth comes from. So don't be fixed on your one answer. Um, a lot of people put barriers in the way as we'll discuss going forward in this uh, seminar, but yeah, so that that's my, uh, my, my piece on it.
1: Yeah. And it's a good point again, and and you raise it. And and actually I heard this from you first, Kyle, in where you said about not marrying the strategy. So when we marry a strategy and I'll break that down, um, and then if, if he wants to, he can build on it. But Carl once said about, we were talking about nutrition and he was saying like some people calorie count, some people track macros, some people do what we call the hand portion method, but we don't need to marry a strategy. We don't have to do it one way because we've done it before. If we were to do that every time. So if we wanted to lose weight, we had to count calories and we had to track our protein and we had to run. And we did the exact same thing every time. That would almost be a fixed mindset particularly if you don't get the same results as you did on the first or second time, wouldn't it? So by not allowing yourself to be open to learning, by allowing yourself or not allowing yourself to open yourself up to different and alternative strategies, you're in a fixed mindset that could potentially lead to to failure, effectively.
0: Yeah, and I think it's fixed, but like, I, I see failure as growth. Like when I fail, I love it. I'm like, what, have I, what can I learn from that? Like, I've failed so much as a coach. And that's how we've built our strategies and our systems, isn't it, Travis? We've, yeah. we've had clients, learn from that client, built a better strategy. And that's, we're continually growing um, and we are open and honest about growing. Um, people that think they know everything are just fighting the fact that they feel insecure about that as well. So allow yourself to grow, put yourself out of that comfort zone and just try and expand as a human being. Yeah,
1: definitely. And I think
0: a final point
1: on that, uh, and about failing many times as a coach and stuff, Kyle and I have a very different background. Kyle had, you know, left school, um, went and got a master's, went and, you know, did all the university and education and all of that stuff. And I was a business and admin student who did an apprenticeship for 100 quid a week. Um, But, with that, what that means is I've actually been through and I've worked in corporate companies and stuff. And, and one one thing that's always stood out to me, which is a little bit strange, but it still stands out to me, and is if you're going to fail, fail fast and learn from it. And I'm just going to leave you with that. If you're going to fail, fail fast and learn from it. And then in a few weeks, go back to that. And if you keep failing, but failing fast and learning from it, was it a failure or a success? okay hey,
0: You just stop the presentation there?
1: Yes, yeah, so we're done. Finished. <laughs> Yeah, that's it, mate. Like um, mic drop. Let it go. Okay. All, yeah. right. all Listen, or nothing man. mindset. So that's gonna follow on from fixed and growth. And they probably go hand in hand. And I'm just gonna read out this quote and then I'm gonna I'm gonna hand you over to Kyle, who's just gonna talk about it and, and build upon it. But all or nothing thinking refers to thinking in extremes. You are either a success or failure. Your performance was totally good or totally bad. If you are not perfect, then you are a disaster. It can only be black or it can only be white. It can only be colour or it can only be grey. What we're saying by all or nothing is there is nothing in between. How does that
0: affect your journey? Massively. This is one thing that I hear quite a lot in consultations. People, people use the all or nothing mindset to mask their insecurity as to why they've not succeeded before. And this is what I find. And this isn't a dig at anyone. This is just me showing you where you might actually be giving yourself a barrier. Most people come in and they'll go, oh, I'm all or nothing. I either do nothing or I don't do anything. Now, a caveat to that. Let's take fat loss out of it. If you're doing nothing for your health, i.e. you're not walking, you're not training, you're not doing any form of exercise, your health is going to deteriorate into a point where you're going to have to at some point. The doctors might tell you you might have a health scare where you have to do something. So when it comes to fitness and health please don't adopt this approach because it's only ever going to hinder you in life. Health is all about keeping your body moving and keeping it ticking over nicely, yeah. When it comes to fat loss people use it as a barrier for why they failed before. So they say ah oh, I couldn't commit to it fully so it didn't happen. Now if we take um, uh, an approach that's from a guy called James Clear, atomic Habits. Um, he's a big psychologist. Um, he talks about the level of progression. So, taking small steps and being 1% better each week. Now, Travis and I will tell you, people that do that approach normally do a lot better and they're a lot more consistent than those that do two weeks of dieting followed by two years of not dieting, right? So, try to like like. take this quote all or nothing gets you nothing like simply there's only one percent of people that i know that are all or nothing and they're typically elite sports stars who have made it in that realm and they've just done it but even then there's still still that that barrier to to the others that haven't succeeded so don't use it as a barrier stop using it as an excuse as to why you've not succeeded because there are reasons to why um it's a psychological barrier so look at in the information see what the data is giving you Um, and start progressing look at progress rather than that that black and white end of the spectrum like I was saying
1: yeah definitely and we can apply that to everything and uh, I'm going to give you uh, not a task but I'm going to give you an action that can support you in this all or nothing mindset and it, it also comes from Atomic Habits by James Clear and it's called the five minute action so it doesn't have to be all or nothing so if you've got homework to do all I'm asking for you to do is five minutes Just because you can't do it all in one go doesn't mean you've got no time. I'm asking you to go for a walk just because you can't walk a marathon doesn't mean you've got no time. Go for five minutes, start your five minutes. I guarantee those five minutes become 10, 15, 20, 25. And you will just use the allotted time that you do have five minute actions. Just because you can't do everything. You can't write a novel in a day. You can't run a marathon without training. Well, I can, but not everyone can. (laughs) (laughs) Um, just go and do something. And that's all we're saying. So something is always better than
0: all or nothing. Yeah. We'll give you a quick example of this. We, and this, I've just read that cow all junk. That's something that most people do. They go, I'm going to cut out all sugar, cut out all carbs. It's like, come on, let's, let's understand why we're cutting out those carbs. So when you start giving these rational responses, understand them. So if you're saying to yourself, I'm going to give up on a bad day, Well, ask yourself, what is a bad day? What have you done wrong? Why has it gone wrong? Get that awareness. Oh, I didn't eat right at every meal. Okay, what is eating right? Like, understand these things. Ask questions. Ask why. The five steps of why, 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 why. Like, get to the bottom of it. Why are you doing these things? And ask yourself those questions.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think it probably just goes to show that why all or nothing really is nothing. And it leads on to the next slide. And that's the scale rollercoaster. And we can apply that logic of the all or nothing directly to this. So the scales will go up and down and your mood shouldn't follow. Now, if we apply the all or nothing to this, when your weight drops, you'll be excited. And when it goes back up, you'll be gutted. It's nothing. You've not progressed. It's terrible. But here's why that shouldn't happen. And how scale of weight. What is scale weight? And I'll get Carl to give you his definition because I love it. So what is scale weight? and what can it be affected by because it isn't all fat. So, Carl, again, I do love this. So what is scale weight? By definition of your definition, what is scale weight? Scale weight is a relationship between you and the floor, the earth. And that is quite simple. It is literally the showing of the force of gravity on you as mass to the floor, that's it. There's no, you're 10 stones so you're a good person and you're 12 stones so you're a terrible person. There's no 10 stone, so you're skinny, and 12 stone, so you're overweight. It's literally mass. So my 12 stone might be very different to Carl's 12 stone. I might be full of fat and he might be full of muscle. It's just the effect of gravity on you in correlation with the floor. So why shouldn't your mood follow then? And what can affect it? And like I've said, is water, heat, stress, sleep. <laughs> There's lots of things that we go into, into the deepest, darkest science of this based on the fact that we've done the same education. So if I said to you, stress can affect your sleep, you'd say how I'd say it's going to release cortisol. Cortisol is going to cause water retention to protect your internal organs. And then all of a sudden you're a kilo heavier because you had a bad day at the office and you're like, that's a lie. And I'm like, well, it it actually isn't. It could be that you've had chips the night before you've had carbs at nine o'clock instead of seven o'clock. For every gram of carb we eat, we can take on three to five grams of water to support the digestion of those. So you have 200 grams of carbs in a day, you might be one kilo heavier on scale weight. Does that mean you've gained fat? No, it doesn't. Um, So Kyle, I know you do this. So why do you get your clients to weigh daily?
0: So we look at average weekly change, body weight change. Now, the reason being is let's say you're 100 kilos one day. Uh, On Monday, Tuesday, you're 100 kilos. And then on Wednesday, randomly, you've gone up to 105 kilos and you don't know what's gone on. And then the next few days, you're 100 kilos, right? So the average for that week would be like 102 something, 102.5. I don't know, I'm not that good at maths, but we'll go with that.
1: Where's the PowerPoint now? Where's the PowerPoint?
0: (laughs) So if you were to measure that Wednesday against that Monday, which people normally do, they measure it regularly um so one week you might be 100 kilos on the monday and then the following monday you might be 103 because you've been out the weekend if we took that you've gained three kilos right whereas if we do it on the weekly average you're understanding the, the fluctuations that your body weight's going through on that day-to-day basis right so i look at percentage change per week typically on a fat loss phase we might be at minus 0.5 to minus 1.5 percent of change per week 1.5 percent, minus 1.5 percent being really high um minus 0.5 to 1% being this sort of range that we're looking at Um, but yeah the average weight is you're seeing what's going on with the body you're seeing if if it's actually body fat if the scale weight's going up 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 as calories are going up 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 and your movement's dropping down okay we can correlate to the fact that you might be storing some body fat but if it's gone up one night and your steps have been on it and you've trained really hard the day before but you had a pizza. It might just be a bit of glycogen storage um, with water, like Travis was saying, if the the week before you did, you were dropping carbohydrates down slightly. So it's understanding that data. Um, So we look at average just because it's a much easier metric to understand. Um, Travis, you want to add your bit on that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't have much to add to that and and to why we get our clients to weigh daily. But what I can move on to is the fact that that ties very closely into what we and they can learn from a daily measurement. So yeah, we can track the averages and we can make sure they're seeing true progression and not getting the fluctuations of day-to-day life. But actually if they pay enough attention to our spreadsheets, what they can see is they can see how sleep or a lack of sleep that night might've affected that next daily weigh-in or if they've gone over. And what they can do is they can start to build a correlation between the metrics. Uh, on my spreadsheets, that's calories, um protein stress sleep steps so all the things that we get them to manage um digestion bowel movement you know and then they can look at those daily weigh-ins alongside their their color-coded traffic light systems metrics and you know if it's all green and the weights drops that gives them that reward for the day because that's so like okay i need to again if the weight goes up that the color-coded metrics may be slightly yellow or amber or there's some reds in there then it just goes to show where, where those things are affecting those weights. So not only are we checking the average as we go, but actually it can give them a correlation of, well, that day I had, um, I don't know, too much pasta maybe. So, and then their weights came down. We're not to demonize pasta, but this client may not actually be very good at digesting pasta. So then we change that sourcing for like a whole grain pasta and we don't see the same effects. And we test that. Then we know maybe that the client isn't actually ready for, that pasta or, or, or whatever food that could be that's having a knock-on effect to their daily uh, measurement. And I think we probably covered why that matters to their overall progress as well. Do you know what?
0: I actually love it when this sort of thing <clears throat> When a client on the first few few weeks and their body weight goes up slightly <clears throat> after the initial drop, I'm like, that is brilliant. Like, let's have a learning curve from it. And I, I literally go into detail. We, we educate them on why it's gone up. Right, you've, you had a pizza last night that's fine. Like that's why the body weight's gone up. You're going to store some glycogen. You've been in a deficit for two weeks. Your body's trying to store energy. And that's one thing to understand is our bodies don't actually want to be in a deficit. We are manipulating food and energy. Your body wants to store. It wants to be in a, a place of homeostasis. Losing weight isn't optimal for it. So obviously we do it in a controlled manner. So when you increase your calories or glycogen and things like that and refeed, your body is going to try and to obtain and take as much of that as it can, whether it be water, glycogen, body fat, things like that. It's going to try and store as much of it as, ca- as it can. And then as soon as you get back on the deficit, two or three days later, that body weight drops. Cool. You know that it's not body fat. It's not gone on that quick. Right. And one thing to understand is when you gain weight, you don't gain that much body fat, like straight away. Like no one ever like has 12 weeks off and go, I've gained like 15 kilos of fat. It just, doesn't happen like that it's normally over gradual over a year two three four years so just think of it and be and, and think about the uh, the logical side of it
1: yeah definitely and and, that, and again i think we've touched on it and how it affects the mental and physical health what it can do and we spoke about this on the live so again if you're on the podcast you've already heard it so we'll just touch on it is a lot of people come from a background of scale weight being a, a controller of their mood and their mindset But actually, when we are weighing daily and why we do that and we see the scale roller coaster, it can actually improve their mental health around their journey because it gives them awareness and it gives them education and and it makes people think about things they've not thought about before. So it has a really positive effect on that mental health around their journey. But then, of course, that will push them on with the motivation, the commitment, the consistency, and, of course, see results from physical health. Um, So, again, if you've got nothing to add, I think that probably moves on to the next point which is a powerful mind. So um, we're going to let Kyle go through this um, at the start and then I'll kind of build on this um, just with my thought process on it because I'm actually a massive believer in this.
0: Yeah, same. So from a coaching perspective, and this is why Travis and I probably got into coaching, we know what people can achieve, but people put so many self-imposed limits, so many barriers in their way And that stops them from really achieving their ultimate potential. Now, we've all done it. We all get comfortable. We stay in that comfort zone. We don't like to push ourselves out of it because our body doesn't want to do that. It wants to fight being in discomfort. No one really likes it. No one likes standing up in front of the room and and saying their name at like a, a welcome event and stuff like that. We all, we all. When it's your name, you're waiting for it. You all got your hearts going. You're like, oh, I've got to do my bit. But then when you do it, you're like, oh, that was actually all right. What am I thinking about? <laughs> um, and it's the same with fitness. Like, and we see it in the gyms. Like, people don't like going to the gyms because there's big, scary bodybuilders who are going to look at you. Well, this is what you think. They, they, you think they're going to look at your technique and judge you and stuff like that. And most of been there as well. Yeah. That
1: example, I hear all the time. But if you look at Kyle and I, we are absolutely not bodybuilders. So if you think you're the only one that gets it, you're entirely wrong because we'll walk into a gym in our baggy jumper or whatever and we will be judged just as harshly as anyone else watching this because we're not six foot four steroid eating bodybuilders and we are just fit and healthy and we will get this as well. So just whilst we carry on, sorry to jump in, this does affect all of us and it (laughs) isn't just us sitting here from a coach's limit, we don't get this anymore because we're built different we battle this too
0: about four years ago i went to a gym um and 10 minutes into the session i walked out because i felt uncomfortable and that's from someone that trains so it's but it's not and i i i learned from that that i four years ago i didn't understand human behavior and psychology as much so i learned from that and it's that experience of when you go to the gym ultimately people are going there to push themselves they don't care what you're doing so regardless whether you think it or not that bodybuilder is just focusing on doing his bicep curls and having his chicken. Sorry to any bodybuilders that are listening. Don't, don't (laughs) help me. (laughs) You're in the wrong place. You are in the wrong place. Don't help me on TikTok for that. But yeah, so don't, don't let people, other people affect you. And this is one thing I've done throughout my life. And like I said, it was only the COVID that taught me to do this, um, is when the gyms closed and I had to move the business online, I was worried about going on, zoom and on calls because of what i looked like and what people thought of me and stuff like that and i look back at the videos now and i was terrible but i said to myself i'm going to do this three times a week and just get comfortable with doing it if i make a mistake i make a mistake so what i'll learn from it um and so you've got to you it's something to learn now i i was doing the Royal marines when i was younger and there's a reason why the Royal marines navy seals sas everything they do in their selection process is based around psychology and the mind, right? The first stages of their selection is all psychology based. They want to create discomfort because they know that's where people grow. Yeah. So understand that you've got to just, just allow yourself with a coach to be free and and, uh, follow their guidance, be open and vulnerable to them. Tell them all the information, how you feel, give them the information because we're here to help and help you grow. I'll, I'll let you carry on with the um, the powerful mind side of it, Travis. Yeah, really key points. And I'm a massive believer in a powerful
1: mind, powerful body, et cetera, because most people that are fit and healthy or most people that are where you want to be particularly, and I think that's a, probably the better way, someone that is where you want to be has been where you are and has been where you've been. So whether that means that you're uh, an HR director at work and you want to be CEO of the company or you are trying to learn to drive and you've got a driving instructor the person you're currently looking up to effectively has been where you've been now I'm not being Molly May we've all got 24 hours in a day because we've all got different start points we've all got different dynamics and lifestyles and 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 limits but it's actually the self-imposed limits we're talking about here it's the timings and stuff like that and I see this so much and it's like How do we script and how do we encourage internal dialogue to be as positive as possible? It isn't always sunshines and rainbows, and this is the same as all or nothing. And you've had a shit weekend because apparently you've had damage limitation um, and therefore been on track around the event. If that means so, tomorrow I'm at a barbecue and I will probably be very drunk. Apologies if I post in the Facebook group at that point. But I will probably be very drunk and very bad at beer pong and I'll have had barbecue food but actually I've completed my cardio this week and I've completed my nutrition. And I haven't missed my steps and I'll do that tomorrow and I'll do that on Sunday. So did I have a shit weekend or did I have a weekend that I enjoyed because I made sure that I was on track around it and it's using those sort of events and your day-to-day life to give you that motivation. So if you have a day that isn't planned where you're off plan, so something happens at work and you, I don't know, you order a pizza and again for the podcast guys that have just heard it because that was a resolution to your problem where you didn't want to cook because you was feeling lazy. It doesn't mean you've had a shit week. That doesn't mean you're not going to hit your goals. Being positive would saying, okay, I've had a tough day. Monday to Wednesday, I was solid. I'm going to get straight back on this tomorrow. I'm not going to eat a whole pizza because I've ordered it and just getting on with it. And, and they're, they're those positive things, but also your perception of a situation which would be that same thing, but having that positive outlook, you can see what is a self-imposed limit. You can see what's possible and then how you can understand, like you can understand, sorry, how you're going to work that underutilized potential. Um, So it's just the way we look at a situation and it's kind of like a very cliche thing where we say um, it's not the situation, it's the way we react. And that is part of the powerful mind.
0: Yeah. I, I, to add to that actually is a, an interesting psychological one which might, people might relate to is when you don't like someone and they say something you generally will try to disagree with them as much as possible whether they're right or wrong but because you don't like that person you're automatically ignoring what they're saying as a bad thing now this is also a self-imposed limit um, so understanding that you can, you can dislike someone as a person but doesn't mean their opinion on a situation is right or wrong or is wrong straight away. So when you're, and this is goes back to internal dialogue because we hear it a lot in, especially the fitness world. It's very, it's like (laughs) a religion. People have got their little cults now um, and people can't agree. People just want to argue with other people and then hate on them. Now I'm always a firm believer in having an honest conversation. Like I can have an opinion. Travis can have an opinion. We can both disagree with each other. That's life. But it doesn't mean we hate each other for it. We just go right, like that's your opinion. This is my opinion. Cool. As long as you you think you're you're right in your scenario or you've taken in all the context, then that's fine. So I just wanted to add that bit because that's I see that in a lot in psychology as well. Uh, yeah, it's valuable, very valuable. So that leads us
1: to understanding you, and this is a quick slide, really. Um, I've put a link here, but we're also going to put it on the Facebook group, um, and we'll also link it on the podcast description as well. Um, And this is a 16 personalities test. Now, I'm not going to talk about it, but actually understanding your own needs can be really essential to your progress. Understanding what sort of person you are that you might not realize um, will also affect how maybe you need to be coached. So um, what makes you is you, is what makes your journey unique. I did this test and I remember sitting there going, like, mind blown. Um, I can't quite remember what mine was now and I'm going to do it after this again because I do enjoy it. Um, but I remember sitting back and reading mine with the answers that I gave and went, oh, yeah, that that is me, like, to a T. Um, so understanding you is also part of your mindset. Understanding what you desire and what you need and what you want from others around you is part of your mindset. Yeah. I
0: um,
1: so I will link that into the group. And then I think unless Carl's got anything to add, that is our mindset. No, oh, No, it's not.
0: Oh, no, here we go. Recap. Having will lead on this. Having confidence creates control. So you, Travis, <coughs> crowning points for writing this, mate. Having confidence creates organisation. Organisation limits overwhelm. Now, this is one thing we see with people is, I always say it, Travis always says it, structure gives you the better chance of success. Massively. Um, having organisation in your life, having a structure, strategy will always – Allow you to do better than someone that has nothing at all, no strategy at all. So, what do you want to accomplish from the Healthy Six? Now, we want your feedback on this. Remember, we we need you to get involved, like be vulnerable to us. Even if if you don't like posting on the Facebook group necessarily, message Travis and I individually with your answers because we want to help you as much as possible. And without this information, we can't. So, what do you want to accomplish from the Healthy Six? Remember. This is not just fat loss and weight loss. This is optimizing your health in all six areas. What is a high power week? When you're at your best, when you're ticking off all the tasks that you feel that create success, when you progress most and when you're most confident. And what is a low power week? When you're feeling frustrated, distracted, you're procrastinating, you blame others for not succeeding, you're not confident or you're not achieving the things uh, you're wanting. So I always say to people, are the things you're doing day to day, pulling you further or pushing you further away from your goal right are they pulling you closer towards it or are they pushing you further away and for most people the things they're doing day to day sitting and watching netflix because of that short-term dopamine response is better than going and doing your cardio but long term that cardio is going to help you be healthier fitter and stuff like that you need to think about these sort of things um, and just get involved in the process really um, that's my piece on it travis um just a big thing about getting involved again guys obviously we know that
1: this this is going to snowball yeah so we know that more and more people can get involved as time goes on um so again like carl says if you're not comfortable pop it in the group like so don't pop it in the group message us we can help we can answer for the group if we need to um but yeah just really getting involved and, and getting the most out of this so that we can help you the
0: most as well um Give us questions. Give us questions. Cause the questions we would then use to create the structure around the presentations we're doing and make them more beneficial for you. Right. So, but without this information, we could be writing these things and you don't want to know it. But we don't know until you tell us, right? So get involved, like comment questions, ask, be like really like use this as an education purpose, right? And it's free. Like just just use it as much as you can because it's going to be so valuable for you guys and just to leave you
1: then guys obviously um thanks for all joining um particularly if you're listening to us on our brand new podcast um share it on your story let people know share it with your friends leave reviews it's all very very helpful we do want this to go as big as possible um and actually with there being no gain for us whatsoever we are genuinely looking to help as many people as we can so please share your podcast rate it give us reviews tell us how amazing we are um particularly me turning up with man flu and only coughing 10 times through this webinar is a, a um so make sure you get involved on the group make sure if you're listening on the podcast and you've not joined the group message um me at travis brown coaching or kyle on at kylo Sullivan pt for a link or get head to the link in our bio on Instagram and you can join it. You can get involved in all this interactive stuff. You can watch the webinar if you've listened to it, but want to watch it and vice versa. If this is getting, uh, like if you're struggling to sit down and watch it, then make sure you subscribe over on Apple, Amazon, or Spotify for the podcast. But other than that guys, I will leave you there. Thank you for joining. Um, hope the mindset webinar has been really helpful. Hope the live was really helpful and I will check out and leave you a card.
0: Have a good day, guys. See you later on.